So this entire, this entire discussion we had yesterday is leading us to today's discussion, which is now that we know what Klippa is, remember we said Klippa is an illusion, right? Because at the end of the day, all of Klippa is sourced from Hashem, is constantly being brought into being by Hashem. And the only existence that the Klippa has of its, in and of itself is its ability to convince you that it actually exists independent of Hashem. It's just its ability um, to persuade you. And so we ended off on, pa- on page 10 on the second paragraph by saying the ain't true for Lahotia Pri that there is no remedy to extract the fruit, right? That's the marshal for extracting the godly sparks without breaking the shell. And that is what we're going to talk about today. How do we break the shell of Klippa? How do we break the Klippa? And how do we extract the sparks? What does that mean? What does that actually look like? So again, before knowing how you break it, you need to know what it is. Klippa is an creation by God that is sourced in the Kalim, right? And the breaking of the vessels, which allowed the highest truths of God and expressions of God to fall into the lowest place of concealment, which is into nature. And its sustenance comes from its ability to convince you that it's real, and then you give it your kadusha, your life force, and that's, that's how it lives. So what does it mean to break the klipa? What, what would that mean? What would that look like? What do you guys think? said the only way to extract, and, and again, this is, an, this is uh, not an opinion, this is a, a one version, because in Hasidus there'll be, there'll be many different ways that they'll say that we can actually extract these sparks. Not always is it specifically using this concept of breaking. But here we're saying that you need to break it, you need to shatter it in order to extract the spark. What does that mean? Realizing that, it's, it's getting out of the perspective of the Meaning like realizing, starting to realizing that this is not... And and why does that break the klipa? Because then you can rewire it to change your perspective. It's like when my ship is going to come, the evil is going to say that our vision of it is going to change. Okay. Our perspective is going to change. So it's like, it's the same thing. Okay. The thing stays the same, but how we see it... The things... St- Yes and no. There's an idea that we're actually breaking the existence of the clip itself. We're shattering it. So, so yeah, you're, what you're saying is, de- is 100% correct, but I want to hear from you guys. What, what would enable it to just shatter? What does that crisis. mean, to break it? A crisis. A crisis. What do you mean by that? Or like suffering. <clears throat> because you're breaking down, like Matthew said, the perspective or your thoughts or belief systems of what you perceived to be right or wrong or how you think things should be opposed to breaking that down to rebuild it into the way that it shatters the initial like illusion that you had right. breaks it mm-hmm. like a crisis mm-hmm. shaking up mm-hmm. and then allows you to put something else new in its place and, mm-hmm. and things differently yes I'd say like um, if it's if it's full of Kedusha um, the king so if it's too full if there's too much Kedusha for it it just like Cracks and shatters. It can't contain what's inside of it. Yeah, kind of like what, what we learned about Shvera right? There was too much light, yeah. which then broke the vessels, right? So there's definitely an, an idea there of overpowering it 
with holiness so that its, it's, it's shell and its um, makeup and structure breaks. Yes. We I love talk, all of this. When we talk about yes. Kate, we're like shattering the clipa. Like, do we talk about the entire entirety of the clipa or elements of it? Because That's a good question. It seems like if you would remove all of it, it's just too much for the like for this world. Even but we'd be able to just be that. Yeah, it's it's a a very individualistic thing. It's a thing that we do step by step. But when we do break the clipa, we're not only breaking the clipa as it exists in this world but we're actually also breaking it as it, as it's sourced all the way up because it descends, right? The clip, it starts off as just being one with God because everything starts off that way and then it descends down, 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 gets more and more layers and coverings. The source of that clip as it goes all the way up breaks. So there's something going on in this world that has an effect in all the worlds, but not the whole concept of Klippa. That's going to happen when Mashiach comes. That the entire, entire concept of Klippa will shatter. That's Mashiach. But we have versions of that. Chips away. Chips away at it. And when we say chips away, there's, there could be a Klippa that has a hold on you, right, that you break. And so that's not just chipping. That for you can be a very big event. Like, there's the classic example when you say a bracha on food, you're elevating. You're, like, right. taking away the, the klipa of the food and then elevating it to, like, learn more or whatever. That's so like so why is that, why is saying the bracha breaking the klipa of the food? Making it almost, like, burst out of you a little bit. What do you mean by that? The, the, the external, of, of the, the protective layer, almost, that's just, that's just like, how I visually, it's, like, see it in my head. But, like... The more you godliness you bring into your life, the more it like sort of like radiates out that it almost like energetically pushes the people away. Yep. Okay. Also, like, yep. isn't it also when you make a broken food, like godly sparks in the food, like they go back to their source? They go back to their source. Yeah. You guys are all the same. Like, I, I love it. Like, <laughs> I remember my teacher, one of my teachers used to do this to us in Sem. Like, he'd ask a question and then everyone's trying to get the right answer. And then he, and then at the end, he's like, tells the answer and everyone's like but I said that um, but it's I just I love hearing it from, from all your perspectives and you're all adding like one to the other so can you say that one more time what you just said I say like for like, example like when we make a bracha on food the godly sparks in the food return to their soul right so so it traps out as we were saying it breaks out right and we said the only way that you can extract the the fruit is by breaking it so this idea isn't there like a if it's like an illusion, it's like similar to the Messiah, where you kind of ignore it a little bit. Like, not that it will go away without doing other things, but if you ignore the fact that there is klipa and you just continue doing holy things, maybe it'll just. That's true. Why though? Why would ignoring it break it? Because if you don't, if you're giving it attention, it's just an illusion. You, it doesn't have a hold on you, right? Yeah. If you don't give it that yeah. attention. Yeah. Right. And again, we said a Nisayan would be like the, a test, which is an impossibility where there just doesn't seem to be a single spark there. That's like the ultimate form of Klippa. That's like the lowest place that a Kali can fall, so to speak. So, so yeah, that, that would be like a, the extreme example of it. So to take everything that you've just said and put it into a, like a center, I'm going to give you an example, okay? How do you... Break a lie. By saying the truth. Right? The moment you have a lie, and it's convinced a bunch of people, okay? And everyone's believing it. It has a hold. It has a grip. You bring the truth in, and it shatters the lie. Because it just show, it shows 
that the lie has absolutely no substance whatsoever, doesn't even exist, right? So when it comes to klipa, how do we, what does it mean to break the klipa? To reveal the truth of the klipa, which is, what is klipa? Nothing. Like meaning like, it's a, well, it persuades you that it is something. It persuades you of something. What is it actually? Nothing. Nothing. It's a covering over something. It's a shell. What is it? A lie. Okay. I need to. Let me. Okay. (laughs) This marker, okay? When you look at this marker, what do you see? A marker, right? (laughs) Okay. What's the truth of this marker? Then it colors, it writes. What's the tr- the ultimate the truth of the marker? That it exists. What's the ultimate truth, guys? You need to see this from. Think back to the sikha we just learned, okay? From Atma's perspective, what's the truth, okay? The truth what's the truth of this marker? Deeper than that, come on. For us to get there. What's the truth of this marker? This marker is God. It's a piece of God. It's being brought into being every single, every single moment that you look at this marker, it's being brought into being by God. You will never. And that breaks the illusion of the marker, doesn't it? The marker is Klippa. It's saying to you, I exist. I write. I don't need anything. Look, you look at this marker, you don't see any energy bringing it into being. It's like a distraction from what it really is. Right. But the moment that we say... What is this marker? It's God, because everything is God. The, you, you're never going to believe this marker again. I'm saying, sure, you can still look at the marker and use it and see its function and etc., etc. But the moment you reveal the truth of Klippa, which is that it's God. Where does Klippa come from? What is sustaining Klippa at every single second? God. The illusion is the existence it's trying to convince you of. So when I say klipa doesn't exist, klipa exists because when you look at something and it has a substance and it has a form and it has a structure, it exists. But what do we mean that it doesn't exist? It doesn't exist the way it's convincing you it exists. It doesn't exist independent of God. So the moment that you can look at the marker, that you can look at nature, that you can look at the klipa and say, you are actually God. It shatters. Why does it shatter? Because its entire hold on you disappears. Just like you have a lie. And it can have a tremendous hold on you. The moment you bring the truth in, it completely disappears. I mean, think of all of the things that, medical things, for example, that people thought of for centuries that was fact. And then someone came and he showed, oh, you, you know, if you wash your hands between treating this, this birthing woman and this birthing woman, they're not going to die. Well, at first he was like ridiculed and everything, that guy. But... And it, at the, some point, you look at the truth and you're never, ever going to believe that lie again, that washing your hands doesn't make a difference. You bring in the truth and the lie just disappears, it shatters. So when we say that the klipa shatters, it doesn't mean that when you say a bracha on the fruit, the fruit disappears. It's still there. What shatters, it's hold on you, it's ability to convince you that it exists on its own and that you need it for its own sake. Okay, so that's what we mean when we say breaking the klipa. So everything in this world has klipa. Everything in this world has klipa. Like you can share. 
Absolutely everything. The ne- the, uh, so so um, I'm trying to remember if it's brought in here. When it came to the shattering of the Spocks, right, that you learned, you learned about it more yesterday, there were 288 Spocks. Did you learn that? No. Okay, so there were 200, 288 what we would call general Spocks. 202 of those Spocks fell into Egypt, as we're going to learn. Mm-hmm. A great majority, which is why the deepest suffering of the Jewish people um, happened there. It was considered the, 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 most, the, the most difficult exile of all of them. And it was a very, very long time. And, well, I mean, ours is much longer, but there, there was a tremendous amount of spots. Which were, this is what this mime is getting at. Like, why, why were we there? And what were the plagues accomplishing? What were the markers accomplishing, as we're going to see? The rest of those spots, so 288 minus 202 is 86. 86, does anyone know what the gematria of 86 is? Yes, nature, Hateva. And Elohim. Yeah. Elohim, nature. The rest of the sparks exist in nature. So anything that is nature, the physical world as we know it, is klipa. Now, there are levels of klipa, and, and we've mentioned some of them before. There's klipa snoga, which is a neutral klipa. You can go this way, you could go this way. It's not bad. It's just covering over. This pen is absolutely not bad. You could use it for something bad. I mean, I don't, you could get very creative. You could do very bad things with this pen if you want. That's going to turn it into a negative clip. You can also use it for absolutely positive things, to write Torah and to learn, and then that elevates it, right? But that, would, that we would call Klippas Noga. Majority of the things that we encounter is called Klippas Noga. It's Klippas Noga. Noga means a, it's a certain name of a light of God. There's light there. There's potential there. But it depends on what you do with it. What about God? That would be called the Gimel Klippas Atmeas. That's impure clipper that we don't directly deal with. We stay away from it. And by staying away from it, we break it. Why? Like a Vodazara. Like if you don't serve Vodazara, let's bring more like for, for us today, Vodazara. What's a practical example? What's something? Non-kosher food, okay? God told us non-kosher food is against me, okay? So if I don't eat the non-kosher food, how am I breaking the clipper of the non-kosher food? By not eating, by not eating it. Now, based on what we just said, how is not eating non-kosher food breaking the clip of the non-kosher food? That's exactly what we were saying about Nisai. Because we're saying, you don't have a hold on me. You look delicious, you look tempting, but there's this thing called God, and the truth is that you and everything comes from God, and I'm going to stay away. So elevating that, the non-kosher food, is by ignoring it. Is by ignoring it. So... So when we talk about klipa, as klipa has a hold on you to convince you that it exists on its own, that you don't need God, that's already taking it to the negative, let's say, okay? Yes. And so has anyone heard of the term iskafia before? Iskafia. Okay, so iskafia is an Aramaic word. It's a Kabbalistic term that Hasidic uses a lot. Iskafia, what would the one, means to rein in, to hold back. There's... When Hasidus explains, and this is, again, this is a Kabbalistic concept, there's a two-step process to breaking the klipa, to revealing God in the world and bringing Mashiach. The first step is called iskafia. The second step is called ishapcha. Iskafia means reigning in. We're going to learn about these terms in a lot more detail in, in a few weeks in an upcoming mimer. And ishapcha means to transform. These are two methods that we use when we deal with klipa in the world, when we deal with nature. Iskafia means I am reining myself. I'm ho- literally holding back, holding back. When klipa gets a hold on us, okay, it says, okay, again, there's a movie and it's like, looks like the most, okay, I don't know. I'm going to use non-kosher food again just because I feel bad to like, maybe there's some movies that are fine or not. I don't know. I don't want to get into it. Um, 
something that's clear non kosher, okay? A cheeseburger. Okay, I don't know if we would call that escafia because very, very often we use escafia actually talking about things that are actually somewhat permitted. They're not like so black and white, but we still hold back. So, okay, let's go back to a movie. Sorry. <laughs> okay, there's a movie that you know isn't going to connect you to God in any sort of way. Okay, it's, it's going it's, it's to, and, and you know, let's say how you feel after watching movies like that, etc. how you're connected to God. Is what, okay, so there's this movie and you have free time and you're very bored and you really want to watch this new movie. And you, so now the movie is Kleeper, right? And it has a hold on you. It's saying, this is very important. This is going to alleviate your suffering, alleviate your boredom, entertain you, da 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 da, da right? It, has, it, it gets a hold on you. And we all, that can be in all different areas for us. So it gets something, it, it pulls us, right? What would Escafia be? Not even necessarily saying, I'm never watching a movie again. By saying, rather, okay, you want me to watch you right now. You're convincing me that you are the most important thing right now. There's nothing more important than you. I'm going to go for five minutes, five minutes. I'm going to take a walk. I'm leaving. I'm not watching you for five minutes. And then I'm going to come back and we'll see what happens. And maybe after five minutes, we're going to watch the movie. In those five minutes, that's called iskafia. You're holding back. You're reining in. In those five minutes, you're breaking the klipa. There was a, I think it was the mashpia Shlomo Chaim Kesman. There's a Chabad mashpia who used to say, um, he was, he would, he was playing with boys. So he's saying there was, you know, there's a, there's a sin that you want to do. And it's got a hold on you. You're convinced. You're overcome. You're overwhelmed. This is, this is what you need right now. And you wait one minute and two minutes and three minutes and four minutes and 59 minutes. And on the 60th minute, you give in and you do whatever the sin was. He said, for 59 minutes, you were breaking the klipa. You were having iskafia. Because what are we doing when we have iskafia? When we're reining in, when we're saying, wait a second. We're saying, okay, you have some sort of hold. you you seem important, but there's something else that's more important. It's called God and my relationship with him. And again, even if it's not in an area where it's all black and white, I'm never watching a movie again because I care about my relationship with God, but rather even just, you've got a hold on me, but there's this other thing in my life and it's called God and it's important. I'm going to wait a few minutes because of that. You shatter the illusion. You shatter the hold on you. Mm-hmm. And again, when it comes to Nisayan, the whole thing disappears because there's no substance there. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the Klippa, the hold on you is not necessarily going to disappear all the time. Although there is a very, very interesting part of Tanya where the, Rebbe, where the Alter Rebbe says something really fascinating. The concept of becoming a tzaddik, the Alter Rebbe explains to us, is not something that's really in our ability, right? We can become a bainani. That means that we can't truly shatter Klippa's hold on us. We can't kill our evil inclination that wants us to do this, that, and the other. However, the Alter Rebbe said that you are able to become a tzaddik in one area. So like if there's one thing that just takes it, has a tremendous hold on you, okay? If you don't give into it enough, it's possible that that thing will actually stop being a challenge for you because you've broken the hold on it because when you just reveal the truth, you're actually God and God is what is real and I'm gonna hold back, that thing can actually at some point stop becoming a problem, yeah. Um, So I was gonna ask, would all the 613 mitzvahs be like instructions on how to break that specific klipa it's pointing to? Yes. To see they're like not doing anything or doing anything? Yes. So, so 100%. And then we have what we call the gray area. <laughs> then we have the things, those are very often the harder things, which are there's no sin in front of me and there's no mitzvah alternative. 
there's something that's like again a movie i don't know is it a sin is it not a sin i know it's not going to connect me to god and then there's a walk which is not a mitzvah even if you go and you take a walk and you, and you don't do, that that's still breaking klipa and that's the realm where iskafia comes in it's almost like this gray area where in these little moments in our life where there isn't necessarily an, a, a huge sin in front of us. There isn't necessarily a mitzvah waiting to be done right now, but we still choose God in those little moments. That's, some, that's actually the thing that sometimes is the most appreciated. That's those little moments that just break the klipa again and again and again. So two questions. One, um, one, what would be like an example of those little moments? Like, like wouldn't that just necessarily be like a, a small... Or something like what, like just breathing is, you know, like, and then that's one. And okay. the other question is, what were the two? It's kafia. I, sh- I, I can write it on the board. I hope I write it right because it's, it's with an aleph. Can I? Can I? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And again, these terms we're going to actually learn about more in depth a little bit later mm-hmm. as they connect to our service of Hashem. Oh gosh, is it an Allah for a hey at the end? I don't know. This, I'm definitely butchering this. It looks right, like this. It looks right, but I, I'm sh- something's off. Anyway. Something's off. Maybe it's a. Uh, and it is. Ha. Ha, I think that one's right. Iskafia and Ishabcha. Iskafia literally means to bend, by the way. That's what it means, to bend. We're bending the clipper. We're not breaking it. We're not shattering. We're not transforming it. We're not taking this clipper and showing how, like, that's it. Breaking the clipper and saying, this is God. But we're not giving into it, which is bending it and bending it and bending it to the point that you can get to Ishabcha, which is ultimate transformation. It's an Aramaic word or English it's Arabic. I mean, I mean, Hebrew. Yes, that's why I'm not sure if it's with an Aleph right. or a He. Usually it doesn't end in a He. Um, so, I, I, yeah. Anyway, I could check the, the right spelling <laughs> afterwards. This, this, is, this is a side point, just, just to help us with this idea of, of what it means to shatter. Yeah. To, to, the, to ultimately shatter Klippa would actually be Ishabcha, by the way. Ishabcha means that it, the shell, the form of the Klippa has completely disappeared and this is purely revealed to be God. That's Ishabcha, that's transformation. And that's it. That thing has been transformed. So Ishabcha is the one that, even if those with commandments, you don't do it, You're bending it, you're bending it, you're losing, you're having it lose its hold on you more and more and more and more. You're pushing it aside, you're showing it that there's something else. Okay, I'll check, I'll check. So then what's, so now what would be an example? Okay, so the most common example that's brought for Ascafia is one that I don't love just because of girls and food and everything, but I'm going to bring it anyway, okay? So um, the ultimate example of Ascafia would be that, and this is something that many Hasidim would do, to push off breakfast. To push off breakfast. I don't, I don't recommend it. I, I think that today when we push these things off, we have all these motivations of why we're doing it. It's not usually for God. It's usually for our weight or something. So, but but that, that's, you know, the breakfast has a hold on me. It has a hold on me, not because I know I need this energy to serve God, but because it has a hold on me. I'm, I'm, I'm drawn to it. It's, it's a klipa, not necessarily it's evil, but it's something that's drawing itself. Uh, I'm drawn to it. I'm, it's get, getting a hold on me in a way 
that is saying, I exist, I'm the most important thing right now. And then saying, I'm going to eat breakfast in 10 minutes, not right now. And that doesn't mean that you're going to go and learn necessarily. You could sit. So, so I remember first when we learned about Escafi and Sam, it was like this whole way. And then everyone, you just see them like sitting in the breakfast, like looking at their food, like mm, I'm doing Escafia. Which again, is great if, it's great if we didn't have all of these narratives and stories with food as women. But anyway, that's, that's totally my own personal, you could do it with food totally. But that's, that's the example. You sit and you wait 10 minutes because you say, you have a hold on me right now, but I have something that's deeper, that's greater. I know the truth of you, you're God. God, ex- not even your God, because that's already your God and revealing that ultimate truth. That's already a sabkhah, but God exists and I believe him in, in him enough that I'm going to wait. Mm-hmm. That, that's a skafia, literally, like, you, you, yeah. So it really has nothing, like, it really does not have So that's the thing. It's not a mitzvah. Mitzvah. mitzvah and avera is not a skafia. Mitzvah and avera is, are you connecting with God? Are you disconnecting with God? What's that doing to your soul? What, what, the manual for life. Then there's... How am I going to shatter these clippers that, that are not evil necessarily, but they're convincing me slowly. slowly. And, and, and Tanya explains that the more we give in and indulge in physicality, not necessarily non-kosher food, but just physicality, the more crass we become, the more layers of clipper we put on ourselves and the more difficult it is to reveal the truth. And again, pleasure, Physicality, these are important things. But the question becomes like, what is the intention here? And if the intention is just, I'm going to grab and eat, grab and eat what I can while I can, because this is what's real, that slowly, that mentality, that perspective takes a hold on us and it becomes harder and harder to reveal the soul within us and the soul within the world. So when we are able to do a scafia and say, ah, listen, you're very convincing, but I'm going to wait five minutes. We sh- we, there's, there's an aspect of shattering the clipper there. So at the end of the day, what does it mean to shatter the clipper? To reveal its source. And that ultimately would be a sabcha. Enough iskafia would lead to a sabcha. Okay? And that would ultimately, the ultimate iskafia of the whole world, the transformation would be Mashiach. But again, we can have these moments in our own lives where we have this. How do you break clipper nature? I heard the first part. What was the second? Break in nature to reveal God. In nature to reveal God. Like if you're walking in the forest and you want to like reveal. So like literally trees, like trees, plants, mountains. Okay. Break. Like how do you elevate it to be able to see? Right. Well, there's ideas like talking to like davening in a certain place right so there's the idea that could be one of them saying i'm in an environment right now let's say you love nature and you go to places that have beautiful views right first of all many of the rabbim and many because they would specifically go to nature because that's where you actually feel an awe of god so that's why nature sometimes can actually be a very positive clip and conduit towards appreciating god but it depends let's say you just Lo- like you just love nature not because it gives you an orga it just you just love it so then the questions very often it's really just your intention right you, the walk in nature could be look exactly the same but it's like what's my intention am i walking through it so i can get energy so that i can serve god right because i know that that this nature just it it, it invigorates me etc why do i want to be invigorated for myself or for god so it's just like redirecting the, the purpose of that. But then again, when we say, so that's nature, plants, things like that. 
but the truth is everything is nature. It's just forms of natural products that have been manipulated and turned into different things. Um, so then it would depend on the function and the scenario, etc. Um, but yeah, when I would, if I would if you'd say nature, then there's also just the idea of space, of the space that I'm in, right? We're going on a trip and we're gonna get all the kids to say psukim, right? Like this is something that the rebel is very into. Like, what are, we, what are you doing? You're saying we're not just going on a trip for the sake of a trip. We're, we're changing the space that we're in, revealing the truth. God is here. God is here. God has always been here. Let's, let's bring him out, right? So again, this would look iskafia. I don't know how that would look in that. It could be that, like, let's say it's more exercise, not nature. I, I, I need to go on around. Like, it has, like, I know I have to. It's like, okay, I'm going to wait five minutes. <laughs> sometimes it could even be like a positive thing. But if the only reason we're doing it is for the, our own reasons, sometimes it could literally be that. It could be the opposite of food, which we see as like indulgence. It could be like a run. I'm going to actually, I, I feel like I have to go to the gym right now. I'm going to wait five minutes. It just shows like, you don't have a hold on me for your own sake. There's something that I believe in that's beyond that. And that, again, that shatters that illusion. And so when it comes to, we're going to get to how this um, applies to Egypt in a moment. But what we're going to look at here is first just seeing a little bit of an example of the progression of Klippa, how it really starts off as one with God and descends down into a form that denies God. But it is God and it's sourced in God. And that when we reveal the truth of that, you are God and you're being sustained constantly by that, we just the illusion of that klipa disappears. Is it, um, is it right to say that klipa in and of itself is holy? Klipa in and of itself is holy. So holy, like, that God is not holy. I don't know if that makes sense. We speak about God himself and Atma, it's not holy because it's not limited to being holy. Right. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. So... Klippa is not holy unless we reveal the holiness in it. Not all klippa are we able to do that. We're not able to reveal negative klippa's holiness. That's not in our ability. Does klippa exist for us to... Um, for us to become better Jews and people and Christians? Like... like is it right to say that it's a good thing that people exist, basically? Like, well, 100%. 100%. Um, the mm-hmm. highest sparks can only find their place in the lowest places, right? Um, when it comes to, is it for us, the Nisoyan that we spoke about, it's only for us. There's nothing happening in the world when we're overcome with this impossible challenge. But when it comes to Klippa, no, there's, there's an elevation we have within ourselves when we break the Klippa and within the Klippa and within the Klippa as it's sourced in all the worlds. So there's a, there's a cosmic, actually influence that happens mm-hmm. um so it's an extreme it's a very extreme thing to say but yeah but i'm saying like like i feel like when we're talking about the impact like even it impacts even the godly part of us as a actors meaning like i don't know how to explain it but i feel like like when someone is on the you know like is pushed like pushed by the Hashem to like do Mizrahi Nafish or whatever. I don't feel like it's just boom and that's it. <laughs> I like, I don't know. I feel like maybe maybe that's not what you're trying to like say here, but that's what I. Yeah. So what we learned with the with the tests was 
all the Chabad Rebbeim that discuss tests until the Rebbe say that there's absolutely no godly spark in a test. It's yeah. only an illusion. Yeah. There's no substance. There's nothing there. So when we overcome a test, we get an elevation. The thing itself just disappears. It doesn't get an elevation because there's nothing to elevate. The Rebbe contradicts all of his predecessors yeah. and says there's no way that something would exist even yeah. as an illusion without a spark and therefore the spark is being elevated. So... So that yeah, <laughs> that's no, going back like, to that topic. Yeah, so so yes, there there according to the Rebbe, there is something happening in the world as well, not just only in us. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, and back to what Hadas was saying because it's a very important point as well. You were saying that when you get a shock, right, that shakes you out of your illusion. This is very important as well. That sometimes the breaking of the klipa needs to happen in a way of a shock. So a scuff is more of a calm kind of example of that. That would be bending. When we want to shatter the clipper in its totality, sometimes you, it needs either, either painful or just a real shock. And we see that sometimes when, when somebody starts to get too much in their head and starts to get all these ideas that are maybe crazy, that are, that are self-destructive. We sometimes do something called an intervention, right? And it's, it's like this shock therapy sort of. I think shock therapy has some negative connotation and stuff, but um, it's, it's, it's this like, we're going to put this person, we're going to shake them out of their whatever it is, right? And that, the goal of that is that they can then literally be shaken out of their way of thinking so that they can open themselves up to an alternative, right? So there's also, when it comes to the klipa, and specifically in this context here, the concept of a shock. The shock that just shakes the klipa, like it just shakes the world, it shakes the klipa and says... There is no way that God doesn't exist right now, right? And that we see in miracles, as we're going to see. The miracle is like that shock therapy for the klipa. That Even if, if you look at the Jews coming out of Mitzrayim, it's like Hashem had to shake them and wake them up. And in their perspective, in their belief systems, it's a crisis. It's, it's, it's against them. And Hashem is trying to help them awaken to that place within them to elevating them to say it's not it's neutral it's there's no good or bad it's like it's like reversing their belief systems yeah. of where they were in Egypt to bringing them into a place where they are um, the true essence of who they are hundred percent but because we're yeah. so asleep and we're so programmed in this one way the only way to do it is be like slap you across the face kind of going wake up. Sorry, it's like it's like you're in a dream, like you know when someone's trying to wake you up from a, a nice sleep. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's trying to wake you up from a sleep, and you're like, get up, and you're kind of like in this daze. And they just pour cold water oil. Yeah, them. yeah, it takes you a while yes. to like you know wake your kids up, and you're dragging them and and everything else. So yeah, it yeah, seems like as yeah. adults, the only way to do that is through these tests, these crises, and what we would call suffering, but it's really not suffering because it's only our perspective about what the suffering is. Right. I remember hearing on on a podcast, I don't remember who was being interviewed, but um, the interviewer asked, like, is it possible to change your life around without hitting rock bottom, without things collapsing? And he said, no. <laughs> no. And I was just like, ah! And it's... It's true. It's true. Like, if you want a complete trans, if you want a complete transformation, 
Something needs to happen. It doesn't necessarily have to be terrible or negative, but it has to shake you up. And the Jews had over 200 years of a slave mentality, and they themselves had to be shaken up as well, 100%. But if you look at even not even here, but throughout the whole history, always a constant shake-up, more than any other people in the world. And so you have to ask yourself, why is that? You know, yes, we suffer a lot, but... What an opportunity! Yeah. What a like what a what an amazing opportunity to use that to become more of who we are. We already are that, but to be more aware of who we are. Yeah. But also to be more in alignment with Hashem. Yeah. I mean, I think we've for those of you who have been here from the beginning of the year, we've already forgotten those crazy protests that were happening by the Knesset. Right. First, it was all the leftists coming, crazy protests, and then it was all the right. I don't even know how it works here in Israel. And it, we and and has anyone had a single protest like that since October seventh? Like, oh, yeah. yeah, you heard one about the judicial reform. No. No. Oh, about bringing the husband. No, the judicial reform was like the was like what was going to break Israel. It was like what was going to do div- civil war. Like that's really, when I went back to South Africa, all the Israelis there were telling me like, no, this is the end. Like this is the end of Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, and not as, that's it. We like, <laughs> and not to excuse Hashem for anything that he's done. Cause it's, it's unfortunate. It's inexcusable. But, um, there, sometimes that shaking up just, we just, it shatters these illusions of this is the most important thing. Like the judicial reform and like, it's going to, and, and suddenly, we remember. But you see, like, as a world, in the most sick way, obviously, like, October 7th should never have happened. It shouldn't happen. Same, like, people say with the Holocaust, like, like I think it was the Rebbe that said that there's literally no excuse for it. Like, there's nothing you can say. It should not happen. But in the most sick way, like, after it happened, it's the world as a whole for the Jewish people has changed. Not even just, obviously, in a scary way, but also, like, People who are completely not connected now are connected yeah. and are feeling that. And yeah, they might not be the most religious people, but like they're looking and they're actually identifying with Jewish. And that's a shock and a shatter to the, yep. to the whole world, yep. not, not just Israel. Yep. And it was, is actually going to specifically say here in the context of the plagues in Egypt that the plagues were not for the Jews, and the Rebbe is going to explain why. Um, very, very interesting about how. There's a we don't need that same shock that Egypt needed, um, but but it, it's absolutely the case that some we need that shaking and that that shaking is what breaks the clip. And again, what is that shaking? It's a, just a reminder of what's important. All of these kind of breakdowns or shakings that we have when we change the it's just that's it. There's there's no way you can hide from the fact that screaming in your face the truth that this is what's real. And that's what that shaking up does, and that's what breaks the klipa. Is there a difference between having a moment of revelation from the klipa and breaking the klipa? Having a moment of revelation... Like a glimpse outside, like all of a sudden, like a pistachio shell. (laughs) You're like, Zahava, you guys are visual. (laughs) (laughs) It has, like, you know, the outside is, like, peeking out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Versus, like, an almond shell, which is, like... Yeah, I think when we speak about a scuff and a sabcha, that would be the difference. The bending would be like a little bit of a revelation. There's something else here. You don't have a full hold on me. The sabcha would be the cracking, like just the breaking open. There's there's no hold on you whatsoever anymore. That would be a sabcha. Okay. It's like if you know if you know um, if you know it, the knowing is the first step, but then the action to support the change is the second step. Most people stay in the knowing. 
or they'll go back and forth between the, you know, the... The pull of the clipa and the truth of Hashem. Yeah. And vacillate between the two before that they can get to that. 100%. 100%. Okay, so tomorrow tomorrow is Wednesday. We have class, and then Thursday we don't have class. So tomorrow we're going to read this idea inside, and we're going to learn about just a little bit of the spiritual progression of the clipa so we can clearly see how the clipa is sourced in Hashem and how it works, that it descends. And then we're going to go to the story of the snake and the stick, the snake swallowing the snake and the stick swallowing the snake and see what the significance of that actually is and why that was the prelude to all of the 10 plagues that shattered the people of Egypt. Okay, L'chaim. This was a fun class. I enjoyed Thanks, everyone. I was thinking that you can think of as like 